0: Welcome everybody to episode 99 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And I tell you what, guys, it's Christmas time. It is. <laughs> uh, and and what, a, what a wonderful time of year to be Christmas time, you know?
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Only comes once a year, every year.
0: Just ask Paul McCartney.
1: Yep. Good. Don't you hate that song?
0: Yeah, but I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> it's like a fucking drug. Um, yeah, so it's uh, uh, about a week, actually a week to the day, I think, before Christmas, right? No, No. Christmas is Monday. Yeah. So a week and a day.
1: Less than a week when you guys are listening, not, not you, when you guys are listening to this.
0: Yeah. Uh, we have a very fun and festive episode planned for you.
1: Fun and festive and frightening because it's a horror podcast, you see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and freaky.
1: Ow! <laughs>
0: wow! Um, cool. So, how's it going, Taylor?
1: Oh, you know, pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Neat. Yep.
0: How's your Hollywood holiday season been treating you?
1: Uh, pretty good. I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping.
0: Mm-hmm. I am not. <laughs> I bought one thing for my wife and one thing for my wife's cousin. I
1: thought you were gonna say dog.
0: No, have you started shopping for the duck yet? No. Um, and that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I got your stuff.
1: That's good. We'll get to that later. Yeah.
0: Um. Neat. So. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. I mean, have you done anything f- for the season?
1: Just had my office work party, which Mm -hmm. was, you know, lame as always. (laughs) Yeah, we had. uh, Unless Amanda's listening, then it was awesome.
0: (laughs) It was so cool. Uh, Yours was like in the office. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the one year I was there, we went somewhere.
1: Was it the Museum of Flight? No. Oh, because I know they did it there one year. Oh, it
0: was a Native American museum.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure every year after that, it's been in the office.
1: And no plus ones, no guests.
0: Right. Oh, oh well. Uh, ours was in the office. I mean, it is every year, just because it's a non-profit and we don't have money.
1: Oh, well, that's fair.
0: Yeah. Uh, but we did go to, I did go to my wife's office, her work party. Uh, a couple days ago on Friday, that was their bar. I told you the story, but um, so this this bar they had like one of their dessert. Facebook
1: options. might be able to see.
0: Yeah. Their dessert options were um uh, like a like a s'more or you know a, a platter of s'more fixins. Um, basically, you know, you get a thing of graham crackers, um, a little pot of melted chocolate, uh, and some marshmallows and like a little steno pot w- w- a fire to, to roast the marshmallows on. So, and they give you a little, little fondue sticks. So you roast the marshmallow and you, you, know, you dip it in the chocolate and then you put it on the graham crackers as you do with s'mores.
1: That's, that's you, how it usually you, works. Yeah. You,
0: you know, s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and this is just an example of how much I don't use my fucking brain. So I roast the marshmallow I dip it in the chocolate and I put it on the graham cracker. You know, sandwich it and slide it off as you do. And you know, I said, "Hey, there's a little marshmallow left on this fondue new thing." Put it in my mouth. It's red hot and burned my lip. So,
1: did you yell profanities? Uh, yeah. Good.
0: I said, "Oh fuck, <laughs> fucking shit ass dick, fuck ass cock balls." I was like, "Shit, fuck, son of a bitch." Yeah, it was swollen. For the rest of the night and then into the next morning. And then the swelling went down, but now it, it looks it looks worse than it did.
1: It kind of looks like a herp.
0: Yeah. I think I look like a crack addict because, you know, they burn their lips all the time on their fucking...
1: On their crack pipe? On
0: their pipes, yeah. Yeah.
1: The other day, I went downstairs. I was taking the dog out. and like I went down the stairs. You know how there's that little, like, cove where the door is? Yes. There's, you know, people always stand there and smoke.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But this girl was standing there smoking a bong. What the fuck? I was like who just chills on the street corner smoking a bong. <laughs> you know, like a joint or a pipe or something, okay, but a, a bong really?
0: But and you know outside, like yeah, they're not allowed to do that. No. That's what that's what can, confounds me about Seattle in particular. You don't really see it so much down where I live in like the suburbs, but in the city, it's like so many people live in part in apartments and condos, and it's like in the state you are legally allowed to smoke marijuana inside your own home. Yeah. Not outside, not outside on your property, in your it's home. It's more
1: akin to booze than cigarettes as far as laws go. Yeah. Um, it's like you can't walk down the street drinking a fifth of vodka, you know?
0: Right. Uh, but people down here, it's like because they... Uh, apartment policy, you can't smoke inside. Yeah. You can't smoke cigarettes, can't smoke pot. Um, so... By law, you'd have to go outside with it, but by law, you cannot smoke it outside. <laughs> but I just don't think... People People are like, oh, well, it's my legal right to smoke pot, so I'm going to smoke it outside, even though I'm not allowed to, because I'm not allowed to smoke my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Although we went to my dad's Christmas party last night. Um, he works at uh, a...
1: Rocket company.
0: Yes. Um, and it's funny because... I, they have a pretty kick ass office there, um, with a lot of room. And where the main area of the party was, was out in the big, on the the production floor. We're actually building rockets. And they have hundreds of people, uh, out there on this production floor with all of this, what I have to assume is, you know, some of it's sensitive probably a lot of it, like I'd say 90% or more of it proprietary stuff. (laughs) And they've just got these people out on the production floor.
1: Not to mention expensive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like I was telling my dad, you know, we had to sign these uh, visitor agreements saying that, you know, we wouldn't take pictures. We wouldn't discuss anything that we saw inside the building. Um, And yeah. And there's just kind of like this, you know, general rule. It's like, unless you're making a call or something, basically just keep your phone in your pocket. Just don't don't create issues and just keep it in your pocket. Don't send a text, whatever. Don't Facebook. Because, you know, they, they don't know if you're taking pictures. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, people are walking around with their cell phones on their hands. And, <laughs> um, and like I said, I, I commented to my dad, it's like, you know, we had to sign those. I call it an NDA, I guess. Technically, it's not an NDA. But so we had to sign those forms And he's, you know, we're in this room with probably billions of dollars of proprietary equipment in here. And like, it just doesn't make any sense. But whatever. (laughs) Not my company. Anyway, uh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, before we get any further into the show, want to thank our very special Patreon patrons. These folks are donating $5 or more to our cause. Uh, and they are Kevin Nozgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, and Max Health. Thank you very much, guys. Your money does good things for us. Good, good things. It's a mitzvah. <laughs> it's a mitzvah. Happy um,
1: Hanukkah, by the way, for those of you that may celebrate.
0: Yes. Uh, Taylor. Yes, sir. If anybody else
1: wants to contribute to our slush fund, (laughs)
0: where can they go?
1: Well, if, if others are in the holiday spirit of giving and feel like I'm trying to, you know, tie it all together. Yeah. Uh, patreon.com slash like a bow, like a bow, bow, like like a present, present. nailed it Mm, Christmas. (laughs) Uh, patreon.com slash grave plot podcast is the place to go. Um, you can give whatever you can, whatever you feel, And there are perks for as low as $1 a month, including exclusive content.
0: Yeah. That $1 perk, pictures of Taylor in a Speedo. Oh, yeah. Big time, big time. (laughs) Slap it to base. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. uh, Cool. So, Taylor? Yeah? You have a little news for our listeners here?
1: I do. Um, You know, next episode is going to be episode 100
0: 100
1: it's also gonna be the first episode of the new year which is normally when we do our grave plot awards but we're gonna be pushing those back an episode just so 100 has its own moment in the sun but as far as the Grave plot awards go we are now accepting nominations head over to graveplotpodcast.com click on the link and nominate your favorite horror movies and tv shows of 2017 and then come back in two weeks to vote on the finalists
0: yes We will be announcing those finalists on the show, so they cannot receive any reward whatsoever.
1: Yes. (laughs) They get the prestigious golden shovel, which is hypothetical.
0: (laughs) It's a metaphor. (laughs) Uh, Cool.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Uh, What are our our
0: topics or award... Categories? Categories, thank you. (laughs)
1: That was the word. (laughs) Uh, There is Best Horror Movie best horror comedy, best actor, best actress, best director, uh best uh horror tv show, best horror actor, best horror actress. Should you say that in, in a tv show, sorry. Ah. Um best nude or sex scene,
0: oh yeah. Everybody's favorite subject
1: category. That's- one more. <laughs> All right. And one mystery category (laughs) because I don't remember it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did Um, I say horror comedy? I think so. I don't know what the other one is. I was just kind of letting you talk. Oh, best gore or effects? Ah. Of course, the most important one.
0: Right. Um, and, you know, just because of the nature of, especially the horror genre, where a lot of things will do, like, festivals, so they'll technically have an earlier release, but then they'll actually be, re- like, get a wide release, and, you know, like, a year later, I think maybe we'll take movies that were, like, a released,
1: let's say. I think wide USA release of 2017.
0: Okay. I was going to say maybe movies that, like, let's go back to, like,
1: maybe, like, October of last year. Maybe. Because like something else will come out in other countries and then they won't get released in America until yeah. 2017. So yeah, I say wide release in USA in 2017. Okay, let's do it that way then. Okay. We'll do it your way. <laughs> um, yeah, so go ahead and uh, throw
0: in your votes uh, and get this done. Yep. Party, 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 party.
1: Indeed. Um, Anything else to talk about? Oh, wait, we, 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 we have a contest. We do have a contest. Last episode, Tony said he wanted to do a contest.
0: And then I decided like three days before we. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we threw right. it out on social media, which is really the only way that we had to get it out there. Um, we got a should handful. Have recorded a video. You probably should have. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Live and learn. Uh, we got a handful of, um, of responses. We have not picked a winner yet. We probably should have done that before we turned I the microphones we, on.
0: I figured we'd just read through them. Okay. Uh,. Do we want to skip a couple because they're very clearly fake,
1: or do we just want to? Hey, let's just, let's call them out for it. Fuck them. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we didn't we didn't get a lot, so this won't take a, a lot of time. But um, the to enter, you had to tell us your favorite holiday tradition.
0: Yeah. And just to remind you, uh, if you didn't enter, you fucked up because we're giving away a three-month movie pass.
1: Yeah, three months of free movies that you could have gone and seen for yeah. nothing. If you're not because clear you on wh- because you didn't want to fill out two fucking questions on a website, you're missing out.
0: But those for those of you that aren't clear on what a movie pass is, basically, it's a card or an online account. I think you can possibly get both. Um, and you go see as many movies as you want in a month. I think it's one a day. Hmm?
1: I think it's one a day. Whatever. But still, that's thirty movies in a month.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can go see the for same
1: free. Movie.
0: Well, I mean, you paid for it. But
1: not if you win the contest. Yeah,
0: we paid for this one. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so these these few people have a chance, and
1: you don't because you didn't enter. Yeah. Sucks for you. Anyway. So. so our first contestant did not leave a name, but their favorite tradition is baking Pillsbury frozen cinnamon rolls on Christmas Eve. I could relate to that one. Yeah. Not like ha- homemade, but just the, the Pillsbury frozen ones.
0: Well, I mean, sometimes I make, we we'll make homemade ones or like my mom will make them like the night before and then bake them on Christmas morning. But yeah, we've done plenty of Pillsbury ones. Sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, Heather Barrett, her favorite tradition is the White Elephant Gift Exchange.
0: Cool. You know, White Elephant. <laughs> Yankee swap. <laughs> See, there's. I, I don't like White Elephant Gift exchanges,
1: And here's why. I, I was making sure my pig was still there. Oh. Because Lynn hates that fucking pig. And I'm worried <laughs> she's going to break it or throw it in the garbage.
0: Like the, the, uh, the leg lamp. Yeah, like, that's oops. my leg lamp
2: <laughs> You were always jealous of this pig
0: <laughs> <laughs> But white elephant gift exchanges I don't like them Because you have to go out And spend money on something you, know, you spend money on junk And then you've spent the money And then you very likely get junk in return And it's like, I don't <laughs> There's the pig That was my wife My wife My wife That did that one, I think I think so I think Got that at like Goodwill or something <laughs> But, yeah, you just, you spend money and you get junk that you're going to throw away. So I just, I can't Unless it's this it.
1: fine ceramic pig. <laughs> you don't throw that out.
0: That's, that's a keeper. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, our next contestant, again, did not leave a name, but they like going to the German Christmas can, market in, in Chicago.
0: I think we can infer the names from their email address. Oh, I know,
1: but I'm thinking if they didn't leave a name, then they probably don't want us announcing their name. Uh... <laughs> I'm I not familiar seen. with this German Christmas market in Chicago. I've never been to Chicago. Me, I've been to the airport. <laughs>
0: <There you> go. <laughs> Chicago, bang, bang.
1: Uh, Kevin, his favorite uh, tradition is drunk Christmas shopping with friends on Christmas <laughs> Eve. You have a couple drinks and you buy a couple things. Then the next day you give each other the things and they're like, what is it? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm, was drunk. I don't remember. <laughs> Could be so many things. Um, Imran's favorite holiday tradition is Christmas. All right. All right. Yeah, cool.
0: I uh, missed the point there.
1: Kevin Nesgoda, his favorite tradition is Yule Lads, which I had to do some research on. And apparently they're little troll guys that like go, they like hide around your house and they, they are mischievous little, little guys.
0: So it's like, uh, like the elf on the shelf.
1: It's kind of like a mix of Elf in the Shelf and Krampus, but not as mean. Okay. (laughs) Neat. Uh, What else we got here? Sandeep, uh, he just likes to get together with friends and family. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. And Max Zaleski, our old pal Max Health, uh, he likes the 24-hour Christmas story marathon. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, who doesn't?
0: Yeah, that's my shit right there.
1: Uh, The live one's tonight. You going to watch that?
0: Yeah.
1: It's got Chris Mamadopolis.
0: (laughs) Mamadopolis. Dominopolopolis?
1: Yeah, but have a duplest. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, which then it's whatever. I'm not really that interested in it. <laughs>
1: I'll probably watch it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if I don't, I don't.
0: Yeah. Is, is it a musical?
1: I don't think so, but I don't know.
0: Okay. Uh, that's what I worry about.
1: I'm I'm thinking this is the winner right here.
0: Um, we've got two contenders there. I'm just trying to decide which one. Who's the other one? Uh, the one right above it. Hmm. Maybe we just drop them both in, and, like, do a random pick.
1: Okay. So we've got two two finalists here, and we're we're going to the virtual coin, as it were. So let's uh let's see here. Oh yeah, I guess we could just flip a coin. We could flip a literal coin, but or tell Siri to flip a coin or Google. Alexa, flip a coin. You've got tails. We did not assign the tails to anything. Let's <laughs> just say, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which which one's which? Um, the heads and tails. Uh, yeah. Alexa, flip a coin. I flipped a coin and got tails. Tails it is.
0: Tails never fails.
1: Kevin is the winner for his drunk Christmas shopping.
0: All right. Congratulations, Sounds Kevin. Sounds like blast.
1: We will be sending that out to you soon-ish. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Very soon.
1: What about you? What are some of your favorite holiday traditions?
0: Um, Well, I mean... A lot of things we don't really do that much anymore because just everybody's so we've we've gotten older. And, You're you are all know, grown. Yeah, we're all grown up, and everybody's busy doing their own thing. You and your
1: wife don't have any traditions. Um,
0: we try to go to the
1: Nutcracker every year. Oh, okay.
0: Um, but we we're not going this year just because we got the new house and just bills are tight, so it just wasn't going to work this year. But um, you know, as a family, we always made it a tradition to go out and look at Christmas lights. Um, when I was younger, one of, the fa- one of my favorite things to do, it's like I'm not a religious person. I'm certainly not Christian. Um, but uh, something we always did that I had a lot of fun with is this local church had a, um, a living nativity. Whereas like members of the church, they would actually act out scenes leading up to the birth of Jesus. And it's like you walk around, there's like a huge campus, or not campus, but like the property of this church. Um, it was all it was like a wooded area, but there was a trail through it, and they just set up little scenes throughout the trail. Huh. Um, and yeah, people just you know represent uh, you know <laughs> characters from the Bible, <laughs> <It's not religious. laughs> um, but uh, icons from the uh, from the Bible and the you know the story of the nativity. Um, and I always had a lot of fun doing that. Um, yeah. Those are kind of my traditions, I guess.
1: Uh, how about you? Um, well, every Christmas morning, we we'd always let the dog open the presents first. Mm. We wrap them in tissue paper so she can rip them herself. That's her favorite thing in the world is ripping paper. <laughs> uh, and then we, we just you drink. Just give her a box of tissue paper. I probably should. <laughs> um, then we, we always drink mimosas when we open our presents. That's all right. And we usually have cinnamon rolls, um, either IKEA or just you know the the ones that you that come in the can. Mhm. And, and you whack them, and they go. Bop. Right. Yeah.
0: And then the women go, "Ooh."
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Because they know it's going to happen, but it still surprises them.
1: I like to always peel it because then you never really know when it's going <laughs> to pop. It's like a jack in the box.
0: Just do it right in front of your girlfriend's face.
1: <laughs> Slowly.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, some um, rolls and mimosas. Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, being married, I basically have two Christmases that I do. I may have talked about this on the show before. Like, my wife's family, they do Christmas on uh Christmas Eve. So, it works out nicely because, obviously, my family does it on Christmas Day. So, um in the past, we've gone to usually her parents' house or her aunt and uncle's house, which is across the mountains, Um, and uh basically just do Christmas. And, like, her sister's birthday is on Christmas Eve. So, oh. so we do, like, her... Like, they try to make it as distinct as possible. Like, they'll do her birthday, and then they'll transition to
1: Christmas. <laughs> um, they have, like, different sets they put up or something? <laughs> <laughs> but now, now we pull out the Christmas tree. Um,
0: uh, yeah, so we do that. Um, that usually runs pretty late in the night. And we're actually doing it at our house this year. So we're going to try and fit 14 people oh my. around the Christmas tree. <laughs> um. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just go to my parents' house in the morning. Nice. Yeah. All right. We we do our own little gift. You know, sure. With, yeah. Just me and the wife. And then we'll go over to my parents' house. And yeah, they're my parents, my, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Very cool. Christmas.
1: You know what else is one of my favorite traditions? What's that? Horror business.
0: <laughs> yes. Let's do that. You like that? Alright, Grave Pot faithful, now that we're alone,
1: we can get down to some horror business. Uh, ho ho horror business.
0: Christmas business. Well, n- none of these stories are Christmas. What am I, to, I don't know what I'm saying.
1: Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll come up with some kind of bullshit tie-in. <laughs> Why don't
0: you let me handle the segues? Okay, <laughs> uh, okay so uh, starting out with real world horror. Um, <laughs> this is like the third story we've done like this, probably. So, first, we had uh, it was a basketball player, or no, we had Bobby Brown,
1: Bobby Brown, Bobby B, uh, Ron Artest,
0: Ron, Ar- that's who it was. Um, both claiming to have been molested by ghosts. Now, Rob Artest, Ron, Ron. Artest um in particular had a very graphic story yeah (laughs) well we've got another one for you uh doesn't look like this is quite as graphic
1: um and not a celebrity but
0: but not a celebrity this is just some random
1: but there's there's more to the story here
0: there's just some rando um where is this does it say uh it's in the uk the uk uh a woman by the name of amethyst realm
1: oh boy uh, sounds sh- like a character out of Final Fantasy. I know. Actually, it sounds like a level out of Final Fantasy. <laughs> now enter the Amethyst realm.
0: Uh she is a 27-year-old spiritual guidance counselor.
1: The fuck does that mean?
0: That means nothing. <laughs> that that is that's nothing. That's, that's ridiculous. Um Anyway, so yeah, she's a spiritual guidance counselor, or or so she claims. Um, And she also claims that she has had sex with at least 20 ghosts. (laughs) 20. Um, Saying she actually prefers them to men.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she would like to have an orgy with the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Uh, There it is. Christmas. Got it. I told you told you I'd do it.
0: Uh, you were thinking about that entire time I was talking huh? oh,
1: I've been thinking about that for days for
0: days <laughs> <laughs> um, she says it started as an energy, then became physical. Um, she was telling this to ITVs this morning hosts uh, Philip Schofield Schofeld She field um, and Holly Willoughby. um she said there was pressure on my thighs All
1: right. can you read this like in a soft? Voice, yeah, like, like almost a, a whisper. Oh, said, pressure on my thighs. Pressure
0: on my thighs. And a breath on my neck. Ooh yeah. I just always felt safe. I had sex with the ghost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he lost it. He lost it. It's over. The moment's over. You
0: can feel it. That big, f-
1: deep inside, <laughs> big meaty ghost <laughs> cock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that big hard vapor cock. <laughs> oh fuck! Um,
1: it see. was the ghost of Duke Ellington. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we keep making references to that show, and I don't know if anybody's watched it.
1: They should. <laughs> they should
0: watch it. Uh, okay, so. Uh, t- t- where I leave off. Uh, Uh, There was a
1: weight and weightlessness, a physical breath and stroking.
0: There was a weight and a weightlessness.
1: At the same time.
0: So there was nothing. (laughs) So they just even out. It it cancels each other out so she was by definition feeling nothing.
1: (laughs) But she felt a physical breath and stroking and the energy as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh. Realm said she had an affair with the ghost for three years, but that it ended when her human husband came home from work early.
1: I'm glad they specified.
0: <laughs> this is what happens when when you when you start letting gay people get married. They then <laughs> people want to marry ghosts. <laughs> What's next? Marrying uh, a chair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am in full support of gay marriage. It's just—it's sad that
1: that's what people think. Oh, I know. Like, what's the next step? Man marrying a dog? What? It's
0: like so you're comparing gay people to dogs. That's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. um, Yeah. Yeah, Apparently, her husband came home and saw the shadowy shape of a man through the window, and then like he burst in the door and he just dissipated, or I don't
0: know. I'm sure it was probably just a dude, and then he she came in. Or he came in, it's like, What the fuck was that? So it was, it was a ghost. Ghost. <laughs> See he's not here anymore, there's a ghost. It's like uh, that episode of South Park, then the internet goes dead and Randy Randy breaks into the one space where they have internet and he's just finding all this weird porn. And then he busts him out like over the entire room, like just cum everywhere. And then people break in. It's like, Oh, oh, there was a ghost this, was, this is ectoplasm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, she says that she's had sexual encounters with at least 20 ghosts, as we said. Um, now, here's the kicker. Uh, she says that she wants... <laughs> oh, boy. She wants to get pregnant. <laughs> from how does that work? Is that where Casper came from? Yes. Knew it.
1: Got <laughs> it. I mean, well, uh, according to Amethyst... Uh, she's done a bit of research into phantom pregnancies.
0: God, I'm sure she has. There's
1: a possibility that it is a ghost in you, but people don't know how to carry it to full term. This makes my head hurt. (laughs) What a fucking ridiculous
0: pile of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not buying it then? Oh yeah, man, I'm totally into this. I want to know more. How do I fuck
1: a ghost? (laughs) I've been wanting to fuck a ghost my entire I've life. I've been fucking sheets, but that's not the same.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, fucking weird people. God damn it. <laughs>
1: So the popular podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, is Love it. making its way to television.
0: Love Night Vale. So good. So good. So good. good.
1: Uh, FX has struck a development deal with Sony Pictures Television for a Night Vale series. Sony. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's going to be EP'd by Jennifer Hutchison, who is currently an executive producer of Better Call Saul. Um, she's also working on the adaptation uh the creators of the show, Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner, uh, who also wrote the books Welcome to Night Vale and It Devours will also serve as executive producers. You didn't you haven't read either of those books, have you? I have not. I read Welcome to Night Vale.
0: It was adequately weird. It's good. Yeah. Like it was a good transition of medium for the show.
1: Okay. Well, for people who don't know, Welcome to Night Vale is a twice-monthly podcast in the style of community updates for the small desert town of Nightvale, featuring local weather, kind of, <laughs> news announcements from the sheriff's secret police, mysterious lights in the night sky, dark-hooded figures with unknowable powers, and cultural events. Well, don't forget the low cloud. Oh, oh hail.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty pumped about this. I'm very well, curious I'm, to how
1: they're going to do it. Yeah,
0: we talked about this. It's like it's cool to see that the show is i mean like um like lore it's being recognized for its popularity um it's trying to bring it into attention of a bigger audience but like i said to you i'm worried about how they're going to represent the characters yeah because there is no official appearance of the characters in nightvale uh right down to cecil palmer um who is the host? Right. Um, there's there's a lot of fan art, and it's weird how the fan art has almost become like the official art, but it's it's not. There's no like there's no official look for anybody on the show, mm-hmm. and so now I think just because this is going to be the the visual version of Night Vale. I'm worried that they're going to start assigning looks to these characters, and they're not going to mesh with what I have pictured in my head. Yeah. Which I feel like is a lot. A lot of people deal with that with books mm, yeah. when they make adaptations. But, um, you know, a lot of times <clears throat> books will pretty accurately, or you'll pretty, pretty fully describe what characters look like.
1: Um, and and Night Vale doesn't do that at all. No, they don't. Um, I'm hoping that Cecil is Cecil Baldwin the character or the actor. I think his his real name is Cecil Baldwin. I think his name on the show Cecil, is Cecil Palmer. Palmer. Okay, well, I hope Cecil Baldwin is on the show.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah,
1: like he he is the voice of Nightvale. Yeah, you can't replicate that. Right. He's he's just got that voice. You know that that oh that's Cecil. And it's not like he's like some grotesque looking human being no. either. Like
0: he's not what I imagine the character looking like. No. But I think I might give him a pass just because he is the voice.
1: Exactly. Um. Yeah. I hope they continue to have the the station interns <laughs> who are always just dying, mysterious, terrible deaths.
0: I, I would like them to never show the interns.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Because like the interns are, they never talk. You just always hear about them in past. Yeah, tense? He, he always
0: talks about them, but he never talks to them. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: I. I I hope they do this right.
1: Yeah, me too. Because it's, I don't know. Like, there's there's a, a world to be seen there. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much stuff that goes on in Night Vale with the, you know, the dog park and mm-hmm. just all kinds of weird shit. The little universe under the bowling alley. The angels that don't exist.
0: <laughs> Mountains too.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm... I'm very curious to see how they end up doing this yeah and i'm hoping they don't go too far off the rails i mean you know you got fink and craner involved mm-hmm. hopefully they are able to get you know creative freedom in the show yeah well here's hoping yeah best of luck to you Night Vale. yeah that's not on anymore it's not
2: <laughs> don't ever laugh the goes by Up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you. So
0: there's been a lot of um, movement with the, the old Alvin Schwartz books, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. We had, um, oh God, I'm totally spacing on his name. Cody. huh? Cody Merrick? Yes, thank you. Uh, he was working on a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark uh, documentary. Um, at, and also there was a movie being uh, developed um, by Guillermo del Toro. Um, sounds like there's been some more development. It seemed like the, the movie itself has been kind of stagnant for a little while. Mm-hmm, for a long while. Um, but it looks like there's there, there's some movement on the actual development of it. It uh, looks like a new director has stepped in. Uh, his name is Andre Overdahl. Uh, you may recognize his name from the autopi- Autopsy of Jane Doe and
1: Troll Hunter. Still have not seen Troll Hunter, but really liked Autopsy of Jane Doe. You haven't seen Troll Hunter? No.
0: Oh, shit, dude. You gotta watch that. Oh, you gotta
1: get on that. No, I have not. Gotta get on that, bro. But I did love Autopsy of Jane Doe.
0: Autopsy of Jane Doe was really good.
1: Most good. Um, yeah, t- t- Troll Hunter's on, uh, on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. At least it used to be. I didn't know that it was so highly regarded by people such as yourself.
0: <laughs> what are you saying? But
1: <laughs> uh, I trust your opinion most of the time.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it, it is good. Uh, it's it's all in Norwegian. So it is subtitles. And you know how I feel about subtitles. But the movie itself was so enjoyable. And I think, honestly, the dialogue was kind of secondary. Oh, Okay. I mean, the important things, there wasn't a lot going on on screen, so it doesn't matter that you're reading subtitles. During the action, there's not a lot of talking, so... I'll
1: have to check it out, then.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Guillermo del Toro, um, who has recently released The Shape of Water um, and is working on getting an Oscar for it, um, he stepped aside, because um, he was the original director, um, but he's still staying on to produce which just means that he's tr- still trying to get some money from it. <laughs> um, as I said before, uh, the book is based or er, er, the movie is based on the series of books by Alvin Schwartz, uh, three in total. Um, and it had these just terrifying illustrations by Stephen Gamble. Um, and you know it, we talked about it in our, um, Interview with Cody at one point, they actually changed the art. Oh, yeah, it was so bad, it was awful. Um, but in in newer releases, they brought the old Stephen Gamble art back, yeah.
1: So that's because there was an outrage, plus one, yeah. Um, I wonder how that you have to find some way to incorporate that art into the movie,
0: yeah. I mean, that might be tough just because the stories have nothing to do with each other, yeah. I mean, it, it makes me wonder how they're gonna do the film and have it have anything to do with the books. I mean, are they
1: gonna do like an anthology type thing? I mean, I would think that would be the easiest way to go. I mm-hmm. don't think that's the way they're going. Well, um, what we know about it so far is that the f-
0: uh, it follows a group of young teens. Ooh, okay, that's dangerous already. Yeah, uh, who must solve the mystery surrounding sudden and macabre deaths in their small town. Uh, Kev, Kevin Hageman and Don Hageman, Dan, Dan Hage- Hageman, uh, who wrote the Lego movie, uh, has they, they wrote the most recent draft uh, of the of the film. So, I liked the Lego movie. I liked the Lego movie
1: a lot. But It wasn't really scary. <laughs> no, it was a <laughs> awesome. It was know, awesome. Everything, everything is awesome. awesome.
0: <laughs> um, it was it was a child's movie. I yeah. mean. It was enjoyable for adults mm-hmm. due to a lot of uh, um, adult-geared jokes. But, um, yeah, when it, when it boils down to it, it was a child's movie. Right. So
1: that's an interesting uh, interesting change of pace for them.
0: Yeah, and, you know, if they had somebody else directing, I'd say, okay, you know, stories about some teens. It's being written by guys that are known for a children's movie. But then Uvardhal... He's a, he's a, he's a wrench in there. He's a wild card, bitches. <laughs> because he's known for, um, you know, pretty intense movies. Although, Troll Hunter was more fantastical than Autopsy Jane Doe. I don't know. What do I know? I know, I know nothing. That's true. You, you don't know shit. Uh, excite? Neat. Neat. Are you the on
2: her-
1: all right so while david fincher still tries to figure out how to save the world war z two movie
0: it's like trying to save something that's dead already like just it's already dead stop
1: stop he's already (laughs) dead uh well they're making a world war z video game uh, this is coming from independent developers Sabre Interactive. Sabre? Sabre. <laughs> it's going to be a four-player cooperative game inspired by the blockbuster film franchise. Franchise? It's one movie at this point. Like Until they make the second one, it's just a movie. Why wouldn't it's they not make it inspired by the book? Who knows? Because the movie made more money, probably.
0: I guess it's probably the story in the movie is more conducive to a, a video game, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Uh, The game is going to feature massive swarms of zombies who rush their living prey. Uh, It's currently in production for the PS4, Xbox One, and Windows PC. The co op campaign is going to focus on unique survivor stories and missions around the globe, including New York, Moscow, and Jerusalem. You can use traps, barriers, and the environment strategically. Do you know Jerusalem is the capital of Israel now? Yeah, apparently. Because Fuhrer Trump said so. (sighs) (laughs) So
0: stupid. How does that even work? Anyway, sorry. Anyway,
1: um, yeah, I don't know. You stay alive while unleashing a storm of firepower with a variety of weapons on the unrelenting hordes of the undead. This is expected to release sometime next year, which is not very specific. But for more information, you can go to www.zgame.com, Or you can go get a gun
0: and a bullet. No, that's too much. (laughs) It's Christmas, man. (laughs) uh okay. that's fucking doc <laughs> i'll just say if you like world war z fuck yourself
1: <laughs> yeah like i mean a, a you know i like zombie games sure but massive swarms of zombies rushing their living prey—it's like get the fuck out of here
0: they already made a game like that and it was probably way better than anything they're
1: working on right now which one dead rising left for dead oh yeah or Dead
0: Rising. No. Dead Rising was slow moving.
1: Yeah, that's true. Left 4 Dead is more accurate. Left 4 Dead is fucking boss. Fucking boss, kid. One of these nights, we need to turn on the cameras, get really drunk, and just play Left 4 Dead too. Oh, we should do a Twitch. Yes. Do a Twitch stream. We should do that. Yes. We should definitely do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> if we can ever find time to just get drunk by ourselves.
1: Right. So yeah, if you want to get a World War Z video game, then good for you. Good for you.
0: There's been a lot of uh, Archie Comics horror labels coming out. Well, they started a new label. Right. It's just Archie. Archie Horror.
1: horror, Yeah. Um, I haven't read any of them, but just... I've heard Undead Archie is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sabrina. Whereas, you know, back in the 50s or 60s or whenever in time you want to place it, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a character on or in the comics, and she had her own label or her own comic um comic book which, title, that's the one. Um but it was always very lighthearted, like the Melissa Joan Hart show. Yeah. Um but yeah, under Archie Horror, like Sabrina is much darker now. She's she's like like a legit witch. Right. And, Sorceress. Yeah, and there's like a lot of fucking occult-type shit happening now. Right. It's not just fucking, oh, I'm late for school. I better transport myself. Oh, but I f- forgot my clothes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid like that. They're like, oh, I showed up and my shoes are on the wrong feet. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the they're working on a new title. Uh it's gonna be coming out sometime soon. Uh called Vampironica. March
1: 14th, 2018. There you go. That's the one.
0: <laughs> um it's obviously going to be based on Veronica Lodge, who is one of the girls that are just all over Archie's nuts. That's a dumb title. Vampironica? Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> but I mean, what else would you call it? Veronica the vampire. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay, so when Veronica Lodge is bitten by a centuries-old vampire, her thirst for blood threatens to turn Riverdale into a haven for the undead. I just want to comment the comic book shop I go to. is run by this guy. He's, uh, I don't know, mid to late 40s probably. Um, like an old-school comic guy. Like he doesn't really seem to like a lot of the new stuff. I mean, he sells it, but he's
1: he's more Worst comic ever.
0: <laughs> um and honestly, if you saw him like out on the street, you would never guess that he ran a comic book store. <laughs> but um anyway, he, yeah, he's 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 an old school guy. He likes older comics like from you know the 80s and 70s and shit. Um <clears throat> He's he was like talking up Riverdale. The C- the show? show, yeah. He says it's actually really good. I've heard it's good. I can't bring myself to watch Me it. Me neither. I feel like my wife would like it because she likes like it's a pretty watcher on CW anyway. <laughs> All superhero shows and Supernatural. Uh, what? Okay, so she threatens to put to turn Raven, Ravendale Riverdale. God damn. Will she put an end to the vampire threat or give in to her bloodlust? So she's Blade? Apparently. <laughs> She's the Daywalker. <laughs> uh the new series will new
1: series. <laughs> Why did you say it like that <laughs> uh,
0: Weird. <laughs> Hold on. Shit. There we go. You okay over there? Yeah, just wearing headphones and a Santa hat is You just... can take the
1: Santa hat off. We're not videoing anymore. Nobody it's can see. Christmas
0: It's the spirit of the thing. Don't you stifle my Christmas spirit, you fuck. <laughs> uh okay. The new series will explore how Veronica adapts to her new place as one of Riverdale's freshest members of the undead while drawing influence from classic horror films. Uh, co-writer Greg Smallwood said, uh, I'd say the biggest... He didn't say uh. uh
1: you know, but <laughs> that was
0: 100% Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that our biggest influences are American Werewolf in London and Fright Night.
1: There's no vampires in American Werewolf in London. There are no vampires.
0: But those are both good films to draw influence from. Yes. Because they are good films. For real. For real. (laughs) Um, Both films can be quite horrific, but there's also a lot of strong characterization and humor to them.
1: Very true. Um, American Werewolf especially. I saw somebody on Horror Amino. They are like, whatever happened to Amy from Fright Night? Mm-hmm. And I really, like, I tried to get in there and be like, she changed her name to Marcy and moved next to the Bundys. <laughs> and then I looked over and somebody had beaten me to it. I was damn, like, damn. I um, guess it's not that good a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you unoriginal fuck. Marcy Darcy.
0: Or Marcy. No, she was Mar- Marcy Rose first. That's right. Steve. When she got married to Ted Darcy. Right. Uh it's like Julia Gooley. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh he's he went on to say, I think horror works best with a v- small dose of comedy for levity. So we've used the same formula on Vampironica. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when <clears throat> you have to break up the tension. And I mean that's like um like get out, you know. Uh uh Jordan Peele said that about his about get out. Is that he couldn't make it just 100% horror. You had to break it up with those comedic
1: elements just so you can give people a breather. And then you can get nominated for a Golden Globe for comedy. Right. Well, you know, you know why they did that. Because there's no horror categories? Yeah. Yeah. There was some movie last
0: year that was nominated The Martian. I don't know if it was right. last
1: year, but yeah, The Martian got nominated for Best Comedy or Musical. <laughs> um,.
0: Let's see. Oh, okay. So he, he he kept talking, and he said, fans can rest assured that we'll be staying faithful to the core of these characters. It was very important to Megan and I that Vampironica be the same Veronica that we all know and love, only now with things. Good. Okay. <laughs> Greg and I were both very interested in uh, exploring the concept of Vampire Veronica without getting rid of what makes Veronica such a special character. Uh, that was co-writer, other co-writer Megan Smallwood. Uh, are they brother and sister, or are they a married couple, or any idea? Not a clue. I've actually never heard of these, of these people. So, um, I mean, if I had to guess, probably a married couple. Um, ironically, Vampironica hum, huma, humanizes Veronica in a way that only a horror can. Becoming a vampire is humbling, uh, or is a humbling experience for her. And she's forced to open up and expose a li- little vulnerability.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, I wish. I wish I'd read one of the Archie horror titles just yeah. so I can have an idea of kind of what they're going for.
1: And so, are they all kind of existing in the same universe here? Like, is is there a zombie Archie and a vampire Veronica? And I'd have to guess so. Whatever Jughead, is he like a Frankenstein Jughead at this point or something? <laughs> Just... That that seems fitting. Oh, yeah, I thought so.
0: <laughs> Dude, the, do you know the guy that plays Jughead was uh, one of the little twins from Big Daddy? That played Jughead in what? On uh, Riverdale? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's him. He's one of those sets of twins. Like, he's one of one of those sets of twins. I can't remember if it is actually the ones from Big Daddy, but I'm pretty sure it is. Hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. neat you like my
0: stories (laughs) um yeah like we said earlier uh number one's coming out in march of
1: 2018
0: um yeah i mean i wish i had more input
1: i just don't i went and got drinks with a friend of mine last night and he was wearing like a felt elf hat Uh uh-huh and but like you know the bottom like folds up like your santa hat there but it's like pointy Uh uh-huh and I was like, are you wearing a Jughead hat? <laughs> awesome. And he was like, I don't know what Jughead is. What? I know. I punched him in the head and just ran. <sighs> I just went, ah! <laughs> just uh, I,
0: didn't, I didn't really do that. No, nah, I know. You'd never hit a person in your life. No. Because pussy. <laughs> uh, my friend was Jughead
1: for Halloween. That was a great you, story. You've seen him. Yep. Jethead. <laughs> right. Why didn't nobody call him Jethead? Because nobody's as clever as you, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> and I was drinking at the time. You were drinking. Not that much though. I didn't get very drunk on Halloween. I got pretty drunk.
0: But I, like, I didn't. People were telling me I was really drunk at the time. I didn't feel like I was all that drunk.
1: That's how you know you're really drunk. But I mean, it felt like I had a like a buzz. It's though. like a bell curve. <laughs> Cause like there's that point where you're like, oh, I'm starting to get kind of drunk, and then on, like, ten minutes later, you're like, I'm not drunk, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, Vampronica, catch it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Joel David Moore, who you may recognize from Hatchet, Moor, or Avatar, or, or, or Grandma's Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he also looks a lot like a co-worker of mine. Uh, he is going to be remaking the Korean horror movie, Hide and Seek. Uh, Hide and Seek is a 2013 horror thriller Uh, That centered on a man searching for his long-lost brother who stumbles upon a secret world of squatters living in the homes of unsuspecting tenants. A revelation that becomes all the more menacing when his home becomes the next target.
0: That doesn't sound very good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The film explored the question of what if when those in society left marginalized decide to take matters into their own hands. Still still no? No. <laughs> it's kind of like, like the, I wonder if they'll do it. It seems to me like it would be better if it was a new house. Like somebody moving into a new house and there just happened to be someone already living in it. That's mm. kind of what Torment was. I don't even remember Torment. It was the one where the people took the kids' uh, stuffed animals and like ripped the heads off and then wore them as masks.
0: Well, I, I, I remember the movie. I just don't really remember much about it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it was about. They moved into a new house and there was already people living in it. There were squatters living in it. Mm. And then they tried to kill him. Yes. yes. <laughs> Quite. Uh, Moore says, Hide and Seek is a sharp, sophisticated thriller that created a lasting imprint on me. I wanted to explore what could happen if we retold the story to an American audience using the tools from the original story. We found a rich and complex world relevant to our current race, class, and power struggles we're seeing here in America. Sounds like it's going to be pretty political.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could get that from the description i guess especially would, talking
1: would about hard. Being marginalized yeah it would be kind of hard not to make that political right so you're not on board with this i mean i just don't really have any interest in it i guess it doesn't sound all that cool <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh i'm a little curious about joel david moore directing i didn't know he he directed Uh, I want to say he's directed other stuff, but I mean, I don't know for sure. I looked it up and he had directed mostly shorts and I think he's got his first features coming out next year. Oh, okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. Hashtag no fact checks. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm
0: interested in him directing, I guess, uh, because I do like him as an actor. Um, especially but, in grandma's boy right. when he was a robot his best <laughs> <role>. <laughs> his best role um
1: but just yeah the 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 plot itself just yeah it sounds a little hokey yeah whatever this guy at work when i first met him i was like has anyone ever told you you look a lot like joel david moore and he's like i don't know who that is so i showed him a picture and he goes oh yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that guy <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I guess that's it then. Cool. (laughs) Horror business, guys. It's over. Are we going to move on (laughs) to the next thing or what are we doing here? All right. Yeah, guys.
0: um, So this is Christmas. Um, Crimbus. Crimbus. (laughs) And... I guess, uh, tip, it's kind of become an unofficial tradition that we've actually been interviewing directors of one of the films that we are reviewing. We've done that the last couple of years.
1: We're not doing that this year.
0: Not this episode. Oh. I was like, do you know something I don't know? <laughs> Later in the episode, we will be reviewing uh, Better Watch Out, which is a brand new to us movie. It came out in like festivals uh, last year, but um, just got a wide release this year. Uh, Anyway, but next episode, just because we couldn't, it was kind of late notice. We couldn't get scheduling done. We're going to be interviewing Chris Peckover, the director of better watch out next episode. And Taylor's walking away while we're recording.
1: He was very busy with other things as, you know, making a Christmas horror movie. Christmas is kind of, when you're in demand. Right. I mean, go figure that somebody making a Christmas or releasing a Christmas
0: movie would be busy at Christmas. Um, But we'll let him talk about that next episode, guys, uh, on episode 100. Um, But another
1: tradition we have um, is our annual gift exchange. We give each other presents. Hey, uh, I'm going to go live on Facebook again here, guys. Oh, I thought we were already already live. No, now we're live. Hello again, Facebook.
0: Hello. <clears throat>
1: um, I'm not using these mics for this if you want to turn this back up. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, earlier in the episode, we talked about Hallow- or Halloween. Holiday traditions. Yes, we did. And th- this is this is ours. Our favorite.
0: Yeah. Um, the giving of gifts.
1: Yes. That's what the—that's what the, the reason for the season.
0: That's how Christmas started.
1: Frankincense and myrrh.
0: Americans giving each other gifts. That's where it came from.
1: All right, Tony. So I want to preface this by saying it's not anything sexy or super entertaining, and so that the people watching at home probably won't get very much out of this. But I think it's something that you will enjoy.
0: It's a dildo. it would be very upset.
1: It's definitely something you can use. <laughs> so it is a dildo.
0: Tissue paper. Oh, he wrapped. Yes, the taco. <laughs> Why does it sound like I'm not registering?
1: I don't know. I can hear you. Check.
0: Oh, there we go. Okay. Really, that side of the mic doesn't work.
1: <laughs> can I shake it? You can. Let's sh-
2: Should
1: I? Probably not. (laughs) Mm -hmm -hmm.
0: Opening presents is so
1: much fun. Just rip it! Oh my god!
0: Want to save the paper? (laughs) You wouldn't give me any of this paper last year, so. Oh sweet! I was not expecting that. Awesome, dude. This is going to make podcasting much better for the Grave Plot Podcast.
1: It's a one terabyte uh, external hard drive.
0: Yeah, because I currently record on my internal drive, which is not
1: good. Yeah, we had a hiccup already in this episode, so
0: hopefully that helps. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm sure it will. Awesome, dude. Thank you very much. You're welcome. My present kind of pales in comparison. (laughs) But, you know, that's what I got you. So deal with it. Can I has? Yeah, one sec. (sighs) What up, Max? (laughs) Okay, so these two have nothing to do with each other. But open the small one first. Oh, okay.
1: Look at that, festive.
0: Hey, Christmas.
1: Space Jam Pop. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It's Taz. He's the best. I thought you like that. I do like that. And now I open the big one.
0: Yeah, this was an experiment. Hopefully you like it. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> means. Well, it's like I didn't know what to get you. It's like I could have gotten you like another t-shirt But I mean that's worn pretty thin Yeah I have so many t-shirts So I ventured out And I made you a little something Oh fuck yes
1: It's a Leslie Vernon mask you guys <laughs> Oh Lynn's gonna hate this so much
0: <laughs> It might not fit on your face
1: Just be. It doesn't look like it's going to
0: It kind of fits on mine Oh, no. No, nope. yeah. See, what I did is I molded it on a styrofoam head. It's close. Um, not taking into account the head was probably smaller than an actual human head.
1: I got a big, fat head. Yeah. And there's no way to secure it.
0: Yeah, I, I ran out of time. I was going to put some straps on it, and I just... <laughs> you said strap-on. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured you probably won't be wearing it anyway.
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: I figured it'd just be a good
1: display piece. This is cool. I'm aware of the rest of the episode. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. And that's the end of the gift exchange. Hey, that was probably the shortest one.
0: Well, thank you, Brad. You're welcome. A lot of blood, sweat, and jizz went into that. Literally. Yeah, so much jizz.
1: (laughs) You used jizz to make the paper mache.
0: (laughs) No, this is clay, actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, it is polymer clay, which is basically plastic, um, but you can't glue it. So if it breaks, then it's not going back together. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good to know.
1: All right. Well, then I guess uh, without further ado, we should jump into our movie reviews. Doo do. Further ado do. Without further ado do, movie reviews. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so much glue back. Oh, I know. That hair did not want to stick. Like, because <clears throat> that polymer glue, you can't put, or you, yeah, the polymer clay, you can't put, like, anything with, like, a like, solvent in it. Like, I mean, that's all hand-painted, like, because I couldn't use spray paint. Um, so, I was just trying to figure out what the hell kind of glue to use to put the hair on. Um, I mean, I, I would have just used, like, super glue or something like that, but I ended up using Mod Podge. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like, basically just took a bunch of it, like on a sponge brush. like, <laughs> and it might shed a little bit, but eventually it'll stop.
1: So this just have like one leather strap around the back. Do you remember? I couldn't
0: really tell. I think he had like a three way thing like Jason over the top yeah it's hard to find a good reference picture from the actual movie yeah there's a lot of like um, uh, replicas but
1: hmm. yeah. I figure out what I'm gonna do with it can't really yeah. I don't know how well it'll hang I figured out.
0: I mean, I can make you some straps.
1: Again, I'm not I'm not going to wear it around. Well, yeah. Sh- straps might help hang it or something. Well, maybe next Halloween. Hmm? Maybe next Halloween.
0: All right, guys. So, it is Christmas, and as we do, we pick a couple of our favorite Christmas movies uh to review. Um well, I guess they're not necessarily our favorites. Yeah. Just movies that we've hit, we've picked and have not yet reviewed. <laughs> That's... Yuletide horror.
1: Right. Um, so, which movie would you like to start with, Taylor? Let's start with A Christmas Horror Story. Christmas, Christmas, the most magical time of year. Now tell me you will find the perfect Christmas tree. It's Christmas. Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition.
2: Santa, lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit.
1: But in
0: Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different.
1: Exactly one year ago, last Christmas Eve, the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime
2: still want to go down there just for some stupid school assignment?
1: I guess the any door in the school. This is Krampus, right?
0: That's a Krampus.
1: He's like an anti-Santa Claus. A demon who punishes the naughty. He whips them, chains them out, stuff like that. That's fine.
0: It's the elves. I fear they may all become infected.
2: How did it all come to this? We're trapped down here, and there's a psychopath on all these.
0: Bring the changeling back to the forest. That
2: ain't your son.
0: Did you not see what he did? The atmosphere here in Bailey Downs is truly grim this holiday season.
1: All right, so A Christmas Horror Story is a 2015 movie, and despite what you might think, it is not just a horror version of A Christmas Story. Right. And it is not related to American
0: Horror Story. No. Um, It is an anthology movie directed by Grant Harvey, Steve Hoban, and Brett Sullivan. Um, Like I said, it's 2015, uh, and... It's a Canadian movie, um, which isn't, you know, apparent other than people saying a boot and sorry. Um But, uh, yeah. So, it, like I said, it's an anthology movie. It has four stories in it. Yeah. Um, and a wraparound. Or no, I guess wraparound is one of
1: the four. Did you... Yeah, kind of. I mean, they they do kind of intersperse with each other. Yeah. um, This is very similar.
0: I think, okay, so because it's a holiday anthology film and it's a horror, there's going to be comparisons drawn to Trick or Treat. But honestly, I think as far as its structure, it's more similar to Tales of Halloween. Um. So start out, this movie takes place uh, in the town of Bailey Downs. We don't know where that is. It's just, you know, anywhere USA or anywhere Canada. Yeah, And the the wraparound is through a local radio DJ played by none other than Captain Kirk himself, (laughs) William Shatner. Uh, His name is Dangerous Dan. Um, and he's, yeah, just the kind of the, the voice of the town. Um, it's a local radio station. And he's there just playing the Christmas hits and uh, broadcasting out to the people of Bailey Downs. Um, and so, yeah, there are four. Let me double check this. Four Yeah, four stories um, that take place in the movie. Um, they, they tie together. But not they're not so tightly woven like trick or treat. Right. Like there are just occasional crossovers, and that's why I'd say it's more like Tales of Halloween. I would agree. Um so On top of, you know, the whole DJ thing. Right. Um so the movie actually starts out at the North Pole. (laughs) Santa is walking through his reindeer stables, just saying hi to his reindeer, Comet and Cupid. Right. Don Donner and Blitz and Donna Dixon. Donna Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, wait, aren't they Donner and Dixon? They are Donner and Dixon. Yeah, not Donna Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said Donna Dixon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were referencing uh, the um the very first, well, very first episode of the Simpsons. I was he says, "Donner and Nixon." <laughs> Doesn't matter. So yeah, the movie starts out uh, like I said. North Pole. Santa's in the reindeer stables, just kind of calming down because there's some really brutal winds blowing around, and Santa's just walking through the stables, you know, with his his um, staff. I never really took Santa to wear or to use a staff. It's more of a Saint Nicholas thing, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> And so he goes to the sleigh, and it looks like he might be gearing up to load the sleigh to leave the North Pole. And there's some banging at the stable doors. And that's when Santa turns around, and you first see that he is not only covered in blood, but has a giant slash, like a fresh wound across his face. So you're just kind of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um,
1: What has Santa been into?
0: Yeah, so he... He hears a banging and he says who is that and he picks up an axe out of the sh- out of the sleigh and as the doors burst open we jumped to eight hours prior back in the town of bailey downs and that's when we we're first introduced to dangerous dan um and you know he's just saying oh you know this well, or thank, welcome to the show bailey da- or bailey downs and i have some news for you it's christmas time and You know, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I love Christmas. And um, he says, I'm here to bring the Christmas spirit to all of you. Uh, And he starts talking about a charity food drive that's going to be taking place uh, somewhere in town. Um, And their very own weather guy, (laughs) Stormin' Norman, (laughs) uh, is going to be there to... uh, At the mall. At the mall. Was it the mall? Yeah. He's going to be there to broadcast live um, from the food drive uh and you can see Norman like in the adjoining booth just looking very disenchanted
1: <laughs> with well, the the first time I saw this like you you don't see Norman until later in the movie nice. I mean not you don't see him in this opening scene is what I mean and then there's also was it Sharon that he keeps talking to Susan Susan and so like there was a time where I was like Everyone there is dead, aren't they? <laughs> I just thought like everyone in the studio was dead except for him, and that was going to come into play. But well, I mean, there's, I mean, not to
0: contradict you, but he's saying, you know, Norman, Norman's going to be broadcasting live from the mall from the drive. Uh, he's like, and you know, Norman, I heard there might be a special guest showing up at the food drive, and that's when Norman just he starts scribbling something on a pad. And Dangerous Dan says, oh, looks he's like Norman's writing, writing me, me a little Christmas card. card. And he puts the, the pad up to the glass, and it says, fuck Christmas. <laughs> and Norman just storms out of the building. Did you see that? And you know who saw that? Jesus saw <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> what did he say? He's, uh, he He's like, I love tinsel, and I love eggnog, and, and
2: I, I love, love baby Jesus. Jesus. <laughs>
1: Which is I will f- talk about Jesus on the radio because it's Christmas. It's funny because William
0: Shatner is a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, where does it go from here? It jumps... Okay, so I guess... So the thing about this movie is it has
1: four different stories and...
0: All of which have very little to do with each other.
1: Yeah, and they jump back and forth. Yeah. they, they It's not like Creepshow, where it's like, here's this story, and then here's this story, and then here's this story. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's like um,
0: Trick or Treat in that way. But whereas Trick or Treat, the stories had something, they had a, a, a tying thread that was pretty substantial through all the stories. Um, these ones didn't, and the transitions weren't rough it's just like it
1: takes you a second to kind of re-register yourself yeah you're kind of like wait what happened with those people yeah now we're watching these people because the transitions are smooth like they they jump from one story to another so cleanly that you don't even know at first that you jump to a different to a different story yeah and you you find yourself wondering if you're going to come back to this other story which Mm -hmm. i mean you do but as you're watching it you're like wait i didn't get i didn't get a conclusion here right So, um, rather than try to keep track of the sequence of events
0: throughout the movie, I think I'm just going to talk about one story at a time. I think that's going to be easier. Okay. So, first story um, takes place at a high school, um, like an old, old high school. Like, uh, the building is ancient. Um, And outside of it, uh, in in a car, or no, I guess they're not outside the school, are they? No, they're... No, I think they're outside their one of their houses. Okay. Yeah, I mean, their location right now is irrelevant, I guess. But uh, Dylan, Ben, and Molly, they're all sitting in a car. They're all like kind of looking at cameras and fiddling around with things, so they're clearly uh, some kind of film crew, but they're teenagers. Then um, they start talking about doing a school project. That's when Molly takes out her, was it her cell phone or tablet? iPad. iPad. Then yeah. um, she says, look, I'm not supposed to have this, so... We, this, you know, stays between Mom's us. Mom's the word, see? <laughs> so she uh, starts playing this video from a year ago inside of their school in the basement. Um, it's uh, a police uh, police footage of an officer entering the school after they discovered that um, two teenagers had been killed. Brutally slaughtered. Um, they, you know, they're walking through and they're finding all these evidence, this evidence of violence, and they walk into a room, um, and there they find a kid, you know, teenage age, you know, high, high school age somewhere, you know, seventeen, eighteen years old possibly, crucified to the wall, with his head turned almost completely around. Was his head turned around? I didn't know I mean, That's what it looked like to oh. me anyway. I don't know for sure, but um, he's crucified. His hands are. It looked like his hands were like nailed to the wall. Yeah, they were. Um and you know, the, the officer in charge is, you know, describing the what, what they're seeing. Um and that's when he turns and sees on the wall, uh, it's it's a Bible verse. Um it says, uh Unto, unto us, us a son is born, unto us a child is given. Right? Is that what it was? So yeah. Something along those lines. It's from the I mean, book of Isaiah, might, I think son and child might have been switched, but okay, um, it was from the book of Isaiah. It's describing the birth of Jesus Christ, um, and uh, that's when the officer kind of steps back and he's like, "Just he's trying to understand what it is." And the, the officer filming says, "What is that? Is that from the Bible?" And he says, "Hold on." The, the, the officer in charge says, "Hold on." Can you hear that? And he steps out of the room into the hallway. And he can hear, like he starts, like he's listening to something. I mean, we as the viewer can't hear it, or you know maybe if you can, it's some. I couldn't hear it. Okay, yeah, I was just saying maybe people better hearing than me could hear it. But then he starts, he starts quoting lyrics from "Away in a Manger," um, and as he's saying these words suddenly behind him drops the body of the other teenager hanging from the rafters. And she's just mutilated beyond beyond recognition. And that's when the video stops. Um, and we come back to uh, Dylan, Molly, and Ben. Um, and so we find out that this is what they're going to investigate. In the bottom of their school, or the whole building used to be a, a convent. And in the basement is where they kept all the... Unwed, pregnant mothers, um, to base you know families would be ashamed that their daughters got knocked up. They'd send them away to the convent to keep them out of the public eye, and they'd have the babies aborted, or they'd carry them to term, and you know the babies would be put through the the, the church foster system or adoption system or something, and then the young girls could come back their come back to their lives with no public shame brought to the families. So that's what's going on in the basement of this what is now a high school. <laughs> um, and this room that the the officers were investigating was a room of a girl who was, uh, she died during childbirth, right? Is that, that's what it was? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. She died of child, or during childbirth um, or during an abortion. Yeah, that's what it was. They were trying to give her abortion and she died okay yeah that sounds right um and uh so these kids for some kind of school project what kind of school project they were doing like a news program it seemed like yeah or like hard copy what would what school would sign off on a project like this i, I don't know Horror in the hallways <laughs> so they're waiting <laughs> <laughs> that was the name they were going with and at one point dylan says is that we're really going with that cheesy fucking name <laughs> But anyway, so they're waiting for their friend Caprice to show up with the keys to the school. So that's how they access the downstairs basement. She's uh, Dylan's girlfriend. So they come and do some just really inappropriate PDA. Uh, And then she was, I guess, going to go with them. But now she's been suckered into going on a last minute family trip. So she takes off, leaves the key with, with the rest of them. Um, and we'll catch up with her later. Back down in the. You know, kids make their, make their way into the school, avoid the principal who's walking around the school on Christmas Eve for whatever fucking reason. Yeah, it's never
1: fully explained why. I think they actually mention it. It's like, what is he doing here on Christmas yeah, Eve? Yeah, they do, but then they never explain. They never, it never comes back around. So
0: they make their way down to the basement um, and they start exploring. And um, shortly, you know, shortly after they get there, they're starting to film, um, and just these weird things keep happening. They keep hearing sounds, and they start getting the sensation that, that somebody else is down there with them, and they decide, okay, this is not worth it, and they try to leave, and the one door out of the basement shuts. It locks behind, or, you know, it shuts and locks, and none of the keys that, they're, they're on this key ring, they're supposed to access the entire school works in this lock and they are stuck in the basement so um, more and more weird things just happening um, and they they start to hear this they start to deal with the same kind of weird phenomenon that you're supposed to assume happened to the the teenagers that died there a year ago. Pick out the important details so I'm not just talking about the entire thing. Um, And also, we should have talked about this before. How do you want to do this? Because it's a new movie. I mean, it's only a couple years old. Yeah. So technically, we're not supposed to spoil it. Yeah. Which is a challenge with anthologies.
1: It's true. Especially when they weave together that wants her to he she wants someone to birth her child right and so molly becomes like a target for her naturally right and the people who refuse get murdered and that's who these the, the these two students from a year ago were yeah
0: that yeah they say that uh you know so and so and so and so wouldn't give her
1: what she wanted so she killed them yeah and so there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on mm-hmm. um yeah, we don't want to give away the end, so yeah. I guess we we'll move on to the next one. Okay. Um. See the next story.
0: Mm. Okay. Let's just just decided we were doing this an hour ago, so they're going off to her great aunts that she that she's either never met or has very little contact with. Um. So her, because her dad is claiming that he wants to. Make this make it more of a tight family, and these people, this family, dude, and just just overall pricks to each other, um, and they're very WASPY. Yeah, um, I mean they're very well to do, or at least the, that's the way they're presented. Um, so it's it's Caprice, her brother Duncan, and their parents. What are the parents' names?
1: uh I don't know if they ever said their parents then
0: um they're yeah like I said they're going off to the dad's aunt's house yeah, Aunt Etta. yeah and she's just a crusty old German lady um who just does not seem to be interested in his presence or what he has to say come to find out that he's involved in some kind of tech company yeah or, or is it tech or like biotech or something like that doesn't matter um and so basically the the f- illusion that he wanted to create this tight family unit is actually he wanted to go hit his aunt up for money right because she she i mean she's clearly well-to-do she lives in a in a large house, you know, and a lot of property. Um while they're we there, Duncan, who's just a little shit He is. Um, he's fucking around with this figurine of a Krampus. And that's when the caretaker, I assume, uh Gerhardt, um, walks in and he says, You don't fucking or you know say <laughs> he says, Don't touch that. And uh he says, You don't uh I don't know, I'm not going to try to quote it, but basically he just, he yells at the kid for fucking with the figure in the Krampus. Um, and that's when Duncan says, well, this is this is a Krampus, right? And he goes on to explain that Krampus is basically the anti-Santa Claus. He's a demon who collects the wicked uh, and eats them. Um, and, you know, the rest of the family, they're just like, okay, whatever. Uh, but Gerhard is like, yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, he 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 comes after little boys who touch things that don't belong to them. The table, and it shatters on the floor. And Gerhard looks like he's about to bust a vein. <laughs>
1: yeah, ready to kick the shit out of some little kid.
0: So Aunt Etta, who had walked off with the dad, comes back and sees what happened and tells them they need to leave. Get out of my house immediately. So they take off and as they're going down the road, yelling at each other, you know, it's revealed that the dad was really just there to hit her up for money and this whole family unity thing was just bullshit. Um, And that's when something runs across the road and they slide off and it gets stuck in a snowbank. They start walking around through the woods um, and I forget, they start talking about the Krampus and I can't remember
1: how it came up. I think the the, little shit mouth little Kid was talking about it.
0: Did he just start talking about yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It seemed like lore of the Krampus. And at one point the dad says, you know, that Krampus stuff is just a bunch of old German bullshit. And as as he's saying that, a chain whips out of nowhere, hooks him in his side and twists him around and pulls him to the ground. Um and so they're all freaking out because he's he's bleeding badly. Um, and there's because they don't know where it came from, they don't know what happened. I don't think they even really saw or acknowledged that it was a chain. Uh, they don't know what happened because he says, did I get shot? <laughs> um. And yeah, so they start... or uh, Shortly after that, Duncan gets a chain wrapped around his ankles and gets dragged off into the forest. So they're trying to find this kid, meanwhile tending to the dad who's bleeding to death on the ground. Um, and it comes to a point where they realize they're being stalked by something and they need to get inside. So they just make their way to a church uh, that happens to be nearby. Uh, let's, let's see. Okay. So they're in the church and this is a little, kind of a hammy part, I think, because the dad says, oh, well, we're in a church. Maybe what we need to do, because, you know, the Krampus... Okay, so they, I guess they come to the resolution very quickly because yeah. this is the Krampus after them. Krampus has not been seen on screen yet, by the way, but they've already come to the resolution that it is the Krampus. So that's a little eh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, the dad says, okay, so the Krampus comes after the wicked. So maybe if we confess our sins in a church, that we might be absolved, and he won't be after us anymore. So they all start kind of like talking, like the uh, caprice reveals that she stole just like this little silver lighter she says i don't know why i took it i can't help myself she says, turns to her mom she says you know you think you are worried about me having sex and things like that it's there's nothing about that no it, this is just i i take things and i don't know why then the dad reveals that the whole biotech company that he's involved in is all like it's it's a shell like it's there's nothing left to it it's a failing company Basically, he hits people up for money just to pay the debts to keep the thing running. So he's not. he he says, I'm sorry, the company's tanking, I'm going to go to jail, and we're going to be left with nothing. There's actually a nice little part there where he reveals that he did it all for his wife. His wife, who has been just nothing but crude to him the entire time, says, I did it for you you know a woman like you with a with a guy like me it's like what did i have to offer you so i just i tried to give you everything you want and she says, and it just hasn't been working and she just says why well, I just i thought you weren't interested in it anymore so quite a quite a little uh twist of fate i guess
1: is it <laughs> i don't know is it a twist of fate i don't think no, it, no, no. i don't think it's a yeah, twist that's of fate that's not the word i'm looking for no it's not
0: what is it? I don't know. Just a little hint of irony, I guess. I, okay, yeah. Ironic. It's ironic. Don't it, you think? It's like that thing where the woman sells her hair to buy a watch or to to buy something for a watch.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, God. She goes and...
0: There's this is like an old uh, adage. Adage. Uh, <laughs> Limerick yeah woman she has this long luxurious hair she cuts it off and sells it in order to buy her husband like an accessory for something he owns and they go to exchange gifts and he f- opens hers and realizes oh well I just sold I sold this thing to buy you this beautiful hairband <laughs> so it's just like they realize they they gave up the thing they loved the most in order to buy their loved one something else. I forget how I got there. It was related somehow. I'm just completely <laughs> lost. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So the dad gets dragged away. Like he, the, the chain comes through the window and he, he gets pulled out into the, into the nothingness. And Caprice and her mom take refuge in a, in a confessional booth
2: Go
0: on. (laughs) I can't take you seriously with that thing on. Not that I take you seriously anyway. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So Krampus comes into the church. So apparently, there's a little bit of a plot hole here. Because later on, we're led to believe that some kind of religious iconography, iconography,
1: is that the word? Iconog- iconography, yeah. Okay.
0: felt like I was saying it wrong. Um, it's supposed to ward him off, but it, it doesn't because he came into the church. Um, the mom sacrifices herself so Caprice can run away. And this is when you first see the Krampus. It's a, uh, you know, six foot five, just wall of muscle, a big white beast, which was interesting. is interesting. Yeah, it was interesting that he was white. Yeah, because I like in in all the depictions of Krampus, I've never seen a white one.
1: He's usually brown or black.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's fine, I guess. Um, I think I liked this Krampus better than I did in the movie Krampus.
1: He's a snow Krampus. Yeah, snow Krampus. <laughs> Polar Krampus. Uh, like the difference between a. You know, Sasquatch and a Yeti. I would like to see a sequel to Krampus just so I can see what the actual Krampus looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean they give you very little.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why they made him wear a mask. That was that's odd. A mask. Yeah. <clears throat> uh,
0: so they, yeah, they go on a chase to the woods, and this is kind of when, when the ending starts coming in, and you start seeing the twists and turns. So I'll leave it there. Um,
1: just say it's not the Krampus that you know. There's a little twist on Krampus. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it traces back. There's a lot of similarities, but there's there's one major difference. Yeah. But that's as far as I'll go. Um, okay,
0: so let's go to the... Okay, so there's another story that involves... Um. Uh, the officer in the video that Molly and Dylan and, and, uh, what was the other kid's name? Ben. Ben, that they were watching. His name is Scott. Uh, up and in that basement to Scott, he has been dealing with some shit. And he's been basically reacting negatively to his family. Um, that he, it's very, you can see that he's kind of become a drinker. Um, and it's hinted that he, he might be abusive. He talks about not being around. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly a year ago, he just couldn't hack it, and so he took off. And, and so now he's been co- incorporated back into his family, and they're trying to kind of make Christmas normal again. And... um, And, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so... Th- they're out there getting the tree, and they, they're dragging it out, and their little son, Will, disappears. And it, it bounces back and forth between the parents looking for him and him being lost in the woods, you know, calling for his parents. Um, they eventually find him, and he seems a little shaken up, just, you know, a little dazed, maybe. But they take him back home. Um, that's where they start decorating the tree. Um, you know, they have dinner. All the while, Will is acting very strangely, and like I think Scott notices it first, or no? I guess no. The mom does. Oh, Was did she even have a name? Um, Came out and he stabbed him with a fork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's when he's like he he winds up to hit him. Yeah. Um, or no? I guess not so much then, but later on, and he goes and just. Crashes out on the couch or passes out, I guess, because he's—he's not drinking heavily throughout the story, but it seems like every time he's alone, he'll crack open a crack open a beer or pour a drink or something. So he's always drinking, and he's not like pounding him down. He's just always got a drink. Yeah. Um. So he passes out on the couch and wakes up and realizes. Or, yeah, and this one's especially, like, spoiler sensitive. Yeah. So maybe I'll just kind of stop. They, they, they the, guy,
1: the guy who owns the land where they got their tree calls them and is like, <clears throat> I, I, I know what's going on with your son. Yeah.
0: Well, he says, I
1: mean, he says that's not your son. Yeah. I um, didn't know if we wanted to reveal that. I won't dig any
0: deeper into it, but
1: yeah. Can we just talk real briefly about Kim having a sex dream about Will?
0: I don't think that was a dream. Well, she woke up in the middle of it. A little bit. Um yeah, so that's story three. And so story four. Um and okay, so actually before I get into that, I wanna come back around to Dangerous Dan. In between, you know, every I mean it's not like on a timer, but every 15 minutes or so, Dangerous Dan pops up and he's just kind of, you know, talking about, you know, being festive and, you know, the spirit of the season and all this and that. But things start to go downhill. Find out that something terrible is happening at the food drive. nobody They're not very descript on what. Just something awful is happening. And Dangerous Dan, he becomes worried about Storm and
1: Norman. Yeah, he starts telling people do not go to the mall. Stay away from the mall.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. He says, you know, our weatherman, Stormy Norman, he's he's down there at the food drive, and we have not heard from him. So he says, so if Norman, you can hear us, let us know you're okay, because we're we're worried about you. Um, and uh, okay, so I mean, in that element progresses like it gets gradually more intense, like. And uh, Oh, and Shatner gets more and more more drunk, drunk, yeah, because he's he's pouring some eggnog with a lot of heavy-handed pours of rum (laughs) into it. So, back to where we started, back up at the North Pole. Now, this is set before the events of the very beginning of the movie, approximately eight hours before. Santa's up there at the North Pole. You know everything's moving along real smoothly. I mean, we see elves up there, um, you know, kind of directing traffic within this warehouse and, you know, um, you know, instructing people to, to you know, do certain, do certain things. And then it goes up to Santa's office, where he's in there, you know, going over lists with with elves and having his suit uh, fitted. Um, and uh, there's just a, a probably half a dozen or so elves in there doing busy work, whatever the hell they are, that whatever it is they're doing. Um, that's when he realizes
1: that one of his elves, Shiny. shiny. <laughs> All their names are like Shiny and Sprinkles. I know. <laughs> so, so he leans over to the,
0: the elf because you know, the elf's coughing and he looks like he's got the flu or something. He's just kind of like sweating and looks like he's um, you know about to pass out. he's like, shiny, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm I'm all right. (laughs) And that's when Mrs. Claus come in. And this was an interesting take on Mrs. Claus, I think, in that she wasn't like the old matronly, you know, gray-haired. No, she was young and hot. She she was middle-aged and she was mildly attractive.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) But no,
0: she was... um, Dressed, uh, I mean, like, yeah, you picture Mrs. Claus wearing, like, you know, the red white line suit like Santa, but she was wearing, like, this green thing with, like, a uh, laced up kind of corseted... Uh, bodice. Bodice, yeah. Um, and she, would she have, like, blonde or red hair or something? I think red hair, yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, that's not what I expected of Santa, or uh, of uh, Mrs. Claus.
1: It's This This is the second Mrs. Claus.
0: <laughs>
1: Mrs. C- Mrs. C- Mrs. Claus' sister. <laughs> Mrs. Claus' sister. <laughs> i loved the woman that wasn't clean <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: by the way did you have you seen bad
1: santa 2 i started to and i couldn't finish it why because it was bad really yeah oh man i loved it uh, i thought that the kids bit did not work with him as an adult
0: no it doesn't it didn't it, they should have just left their out yeah it. it was just like sad watching him but uh fucking billy bob and kathy bates oh my god they were hilarious <laughs> like together in like um Marcus, that was his name. I I was talking to my dad about it yesterday, and I couldn't remember Tony Cox's name. It's Marcus. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but the two of them together, like it, it was, it was funny in the first one, and like it was funny because
1: funny th- Kathy Bates is like six years older than Billy Bob though. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I'm surprised you didn't like it. I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, okay. Uh, Shiny, sick, shiny. Yes. Wouldn't eat the cookies.
0: Yeah, so Miss Claus says, everybody put your work down. It's time to take a break. And comes with this big platter of cookies. And all the elves take one and start just munching down. Everybody but shiny. And Santa says, shiny, you a, eat a cookie.
1: You need the energy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want a fucking cookie, man. <laughs>
0: it's like, sometimes I don't want sweets.
1: It's, it's like, you but know, elves always want sweets is the impression you get. I know. But it's like, come on, man. Just leave a guy alone. Don't be a pusher. It's like if
0: somebody comes into Cookie (laughs) pusher. Somebody comes into work with like cookies or like a box of donuts or something. It's like, here, Tony, take a donut. I'm I'm good. Thanks. But take a donut. Why don't you want a donut? Because I don't want a fucking donut. Back off.
1: You're fat. Eat a donut. (laughs)
0: Asshole.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: so... Yeah, everybody's just... Blown away by the fact that Shiny doesn't want a cookie. Almost said donut. <laughs> um, Mrs. Claus leans, leans over and she's like, "Come on, Shiny, you eat love- the fucking cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Take the ticket." <laughs> Take the ticket. <laughs> uh, she's like, "You love my cookies," and he says, "I said I don't want a fucking cookie. You reindeer fucking snow whore." <laughs> That's what he has like a. Like a cleaver, right? Or is, it, or is it an axe? Like a little hatchet. It was one of them. Some kind of bladed tool. And uh, he slams it down into his own hand and starts screaming and blood spraying everywhere. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> this was definitely my favorite story. Oh, of 100%. The, of the entire movie. 100%. Blood starts fucking spraying everywhere uh, and... He's screaming his head off, and then he just keels over. And another elf comes up um, and like puts his head to his chest, and he says, "He he's he's dead." And Santa's just like blown away because he says elves can't die. Yeah. Um, and so, so in in the progression of the movie, that actually comes up, and then. You didn't really hear from the North Pole for a while, or it seemed like. Yeah. It seemed like that was the least focused on story. At least until that was end. the big
1: conclusion, yeah. Yeah.
0: So um when we finally come back to the North Pole, the <clears throat> workshop, like Santa's workshop is desolate. Like there are boxes on conveyor belts that are just like butting up against each other. The place is deserted. There's one elf standing on this catwalk, just standing there, breathing like a fucking creep. <laughs> and you know they all have these like like helium voices, right? Um, and so it's like when this ca- <laughs> this elf standing on this catwalk, you just hear him like, "Hey, hey." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Xana comes back into his office, and Mrs. Claus is there reading a book. And he's like Martha. You know, it's gotten worse. Um, You know, they're all become infected. And she's like, infected. Like this is like it's, it's catching. You know, this is is spreading. It's like like he says like almost everybody's dead. Um, but the thing is, is these elves are dying, and coming back as these they're coming back to life as these fucking like rage zombie things. Yeah they can talk though which is something
1: that you're not you don't typically see in like a even a rage zombie movie yeah and they and they just are super foul mouth and just swear yeah. and at one point he calls Santa a Christmas cunt
0: yeah that was shall Shiny Shiny is like the elf that won't fucking die <laughs> i swear he kills him like 3 times um and uh yeah santa comes in with his with his staff and he starts sharpening it On the fireplace, you know, ready to take a stand, you know, says, this is, I I can't remember exactly what he says, but, you know, basically saying, oh, this is dangerous and, you know, we have to protect ourselves.
1: This is Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he just has like an elf reckoning. Yeah, he just, he just fucking lays waste, man. Yeah. And
0: this is basically like um, Evil Dead. Santa's ash, the elves are the deadites. It's uh, Elville dead. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, uh, he, he starts making his way through the workshop, just fucking slaughtering these elves. Um, and <laughs> it's funny because he gets in the elevator at one point. And he starts getting rushed by all these elves, and the elevator doors close. And when it opens on the next floor, he's just standing there with his staff dripping with blood, and there's all these beheaded elf bodies, like just laying over the floor, <laughs> over the uh, floor of the elevator car. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he's just making his way through the workshop, just cleaning house, basically. Um. And that's when he gets out into. That's when he finally ventures out into the uh, reindeer stables, and that now we're back to the beginning. The doors bust open, and we find out that the thing that's been causing all this havoc is the Krampus. And so they get in this fucking epic battle that I really wish would have been longer. Yeah, I wish they would have just gotten some like fucking Mortal Kombat shit going. <laughs> Um, and that's where I'll leave it. I really wish I could talk about the ending because it's fucking awesome. It is, but uh, I won't. Sp- I won't spoil it for those of you that haven't seen it. Um, so I've been talking for a while now. You've been talking for a long ass time. Sorry, but it's hard with anthologies. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah. I mean, what do we? What do you think? Um, this is kind of what I expected from Krampus. Yes. Yeah. Um.
0: When I saw Krampus, I went into it thinking, or I guess I knew that it wasn't an anthology, but after seeing it, I was like, why didn't they make an anthology like Trick or Treat using Krampus as the as basically the Sam? And that's kind of what happened in this one. Krampus was involved in two stories. Yeah. Um, that otherwise wouldn't have had anything to do with each other. Um and uh Yeah. So I mean, did you, did you like it or are there certain things you didn't did or didn't or did like or Uh
1: overall I liked it. <clears throat> um the uh I liked the story with um Scott and Will. Mhm. I thought that one was good. The like we were saying the Santa Claus one is is awesome. Yeah. The one at the school I probably could have done without. If I, if I was going to get rid of one of them, that's probably the the weakest one. Yeah. You know, and also the one that really didn't lend itself to anything else. You know, you know like you had, yeah, Scott was the cop, but that was such a tenuous thread that it really didn't need to be there at all. Yeah. Um, and oh, also Molly babysat will.
0: So there's that tie too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and another tie that I didn't mention and something I, I watched it twice this morning because I wanted to make sure I could commit it to memory. <laughs> um, uh, Caprice and her family, Dangerous Dan is their grandpa. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he he picks up a Christmas card, says to our Dangerous Grandpa, and it's got the, the family. Oh, the I
1: didn't notice that was them. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. Obviously, Michael Dougherty doesn't want to be like the anthology guy. So I I understand why he sure. didn't do it this way. But just following up trick or treat, this is kind of what I expected from Krampus. And I, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Krampus. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know,
0: to be completely honest, if I was going to do away with any story, it'd be the Krampus one. Or I'd try and punch it up at least. Because if you think about it as a story itself, there's not a lot to it. Yeah, but it's the first, it's the one
1: that introduces the Krampus.
0: Well, yeah. But I don't know. There's there's not a lot of violence.
1: Um the story is kind of meh. Yeah. Um Actually, yeah, I think that one probably is the weakest cuz that was the one when I was watching the movie that I kind of found myself starting to look at my phone and yeah.
0: And I mean the story is thin. I think that's the biggest problem cuz the story it radiates out into every other aspect of it. Yeah. The Krampus looked awesome, and that was probably the best part. But, I mean, the story is weak. A lot of the acting wasn't that great. Um, And there was no violence. And it's like, you know, in a horror movie, when you're dealing with a demon that eats people, you want to see him fucking eat people.
1: Yeah. I I definitely, it could have been punched up more to actually have... Because basically, all you saw was people get dragged away, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, what's happening when they get dragged away? I want to right. see that. Yeah, and it, like you don't it doesn't
0: revisit it. Like you don't see like a dead, bloody body hanging from a tree or something. Right. It's like I came up with that in two seconds. Why couldn't you <laughs> add that? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Overall, I, I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Me too. I honestly, I watched it as a goof last year. And I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah. Um, I had heard good things,
1: so that's just why I watched it.
0: I guess I hadn't really heard anything. Um, so I just went into it pretty much blind, knowing that it was anthology. Um, I was really surprised by the production value. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Because so many movies came out around the same time as Krampus. And this like the CGI especially is so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one wasn't stellar Oscar winning CGI, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was shot really well. Um, in general, I would say the acting was pretty good mm-hmm. and the direction was good. You know, if, if nothing else. So all in all, I think it was a pretty solid movie. I agree. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So what are you thinking number wise? I'm thinking Seven. Alright. Um I considered eight, but I figure that might be I I think that's a little too ambitious. So maybe seven.
1: So be. I feel like eight is bordering on like modern classic yeah. And I, I don't know if this is worthy of that. But this is definitely something I would add to my Christmas watching collection. Oh,
0: yeah. I have every intention of watching this every year. Yeah. Just like
1: I do with Trick or Treat on Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean,
0: uh, uh, even though I didn't enjoy Krampus as much as I really wanted to, I still watch that every year. Yeah, I watched it on Krampus Knocked. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll probably try and get it done sometime this week. But um, yeah. So... Solid flick. you hey, recommend going seven as well? Oh, yes. Um, this is available on Netflix. It is. So go check it out. Uh, I mean, if you already have Netflix, you're not paying anything extra for it. I'd
1: say it's worth the gamble. I agree. The second film uh, came out last year in Australia, but it just came out this year, I think in like September, maybe? October, um, I think. Oh, it's, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. October. Uh, it's called Better Watch Out.
2: Want to put her in the mood? Watch your horror movie,
1: dude. She's like twice our age. I really don't think it's gonna happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Now don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So what do you want to do? Is
0: Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me.
1: What was that?
2: What the fuck? Oh my god. Get away from the window. There's someone there.
1: Ashley! Are you hiding? I'll find you. Don't worry, I'll protect you.
2: Excited.
0: What are you doing, man? Please let me out of this. You're fucking home alone
2: again. (laughs)
0: Lighten the fuck
2: up. (boys) Why can't exes just go away? Fuck! Fuck!
1: Alright, so Better Watch Out is the tale of 12-year-old Luke. And his best friend, uh, Garrett, who bears a striking resemblance to, did I say strikling? Strikling, yep. That's not a word. It's not. It's like when you strike something. <laughs> bears you know, a strik- striking resemblance to a friend of mine who is much older than 12. Oh, well. But, you know, he looks 12. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Luke and Garrett. Uh, Garrett's kind of a shithead. Yeah. He, he like, smokes weed even though he's 12. Yeah. He's a 12 year old pothead. Yeah. It's just not,
0: I mean, this day and age, maybe you do see it a little more often. I don't know. I don't hang out with a lot of 12 year olds. So. <laughs> or do
1: you? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> That's why you're not allowed in your schools. <laughs> but Luke has a big old crush on his babysitter, uh, Ashley. And who wouldn't, man? She's cute. She's 17, bro. Not in real life. She's like nineteen. Uh huh. What? <laughs> Nothing. Statch. Fuck you. <laughs> uh. So. So. His parents, uh, David Putty and uh, Victoria Madsen. The only Americans in the movie. Oh yeah. Everyone else is Australian. Oh. Okay. Well, they're going to a Christmas party. Um, they have a very interesting banter. <laughs> yeah. When he's like showing her the Christmas ornaments and she's like, sure you've never sucked another man's cock? <laughs> like, what is happening? Because she goes
0: on and on and on about it. Yeah. It's like, you know, never once, experimental night in college.
1: She kind of reminded me of my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, I love Patrick Warburton, though. Oh yeah, he's awesome. He's so good in everything. Yeah. Every every single role. And he's like a little bit creepy with the babysitter. <laughs> but he's he's so like in, in earnest about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like
0: did I cuz I mean part of the story is um Ashley is moving away. It didn't really say why. She didn't say like she's going to college or anything, right? I don't think so. Okay, well, she's moving away, and, you know, he's, Putty's talking to her, Warburton is talking to her about it, and he says, did I say you could move away? And kind of gives her this look and kind of, like, laughs it off. Well,
1: like, when he answers the door, he's like, you are stunning. (laughs) And then his wife makes him take off that god-awful, gaudy tie he was wearing. He's like, yeah, no problem. Then he just pulls out another one. He's like, always be prepared. gives her a little wink.
0: <laughs> I love it. He's my favorite character. I was I wish he was in it more.
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course he's my favorite character and everything. He's <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So, Luke has this grand plan that he's going to make Ashley fall in love with him tonight. And the way he's going to do that is by making her watch a horror movie. <laughs> I've I've laid many a lady with that exact <laughs> same plan.
0: <laughs>
1: it, was, it works. As Garrett put it, Horror movies make girls wet. <laughs> it's so cute that twelve-year-olds
0: talk like this. Yeah, or thirteen, however they old, however old they are. They're twelve. Okay.
1: Um. So they're watching some fucking movie. <laughs> was it? It. I think it was something that was made for this. Right. That wasn't a real movie, was I, I, it? I think so. And a lot of the time, you can see the TV, but it's out of focus. So you can't really
0: yeah. actually see what's happening. Yeah, I kept
1: trying to figure out what the movie was, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know what's going on. What is this?
0: I think it would probably be cheaper than, for them to just film five minutes of a horror movie rather than pay for
1: the rights. For I'm sure, life. yeah. Because the guy's wearing like this really bad like like a felt mask or something. Yeah. But anyway, there's they start hearing things outside and uh, there's a, a pizza delivery man comes and delivers a pizza that they never ordered. And that really wasn't ever broached again. No. I was like, what's the deal with the pizza man? Yeah, this really sets
0: off the whole thing that somebody's out there stalking them. But yeah, it's just never really...
1: Yeah, and like I said, they didn't order the pizza. Yeah. And then there's just... It's never really concluded who did. Yeah. And there's the, the pizza guy gives her the pizza and he's like, I think he says, have a lovely night. Mm -hmm. And I did not understand what he said. And I rewound and watched that part like four times (laughs) because I could not understand him. And she seemed really creeped out by it. So I was like, what did he say? (laughs) Yeah. Like Tony said, it sets off these series of events where there's clearly someone outside um they have like a big light up santa and it gets moved around outside it's you know she first it's inside and she puts it out on the porch and then she sees it out the window she notices the back door is open so she closed it then comes back and it's open again Mm -hmm. and so uh and that's really when it
0: sets off that's when she like says okay somebody's fucking in here
1: yeah and then uh there's there's a knock at the door and luke goes and opens the door and he's like Whoever's out there, I know Taekwondo. <laughs> and uh it's Garrett. Little little shit. Yeah. He left at some point. Right, yeah, that would make this make more sense. <laughs> but now he's back. Yeah, his he went he left when the parents left. Right. Yeah, now he's back just I don't know, to talk block <laughs> fucking party. <laughs> so even after this reveal that Garrett, <clears throat> you know, was the one outside, it's clear that now there's there's someone in the house mm-hmm. and they go upstairs and they see the there's a window broken and there's a rock that says you leave you die and uh garrett's like no nah, i'm gonna leave <laughs> and he runs outside and he gets shot in the arm mm-hmm. and so uh ashley's just kind of like oh well shit no we're fooey. we're kind of <laughs> fucked and so uh Um, where does it go from there?
0: Luke throughout all of this really tries to step up and be like, like a a man, you know, a tough guy, try to protect Ashley.
1: Kind of, except for when she tells him to go get his parents gun and he starts crying. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: I can't remember. Did you like say that at one point she tried to put moves on her and
1: got shut down? Um, yeah, he put his head on her shoulder and his hand on her thigh, and she was like, how about no? <laughs> well, he tried to kiss her. Oh, that's right. He, oh, yeah, he tried to, like, straight up jump on top of her. Yeah. After pounding, like, a third of a bottle of champagne. She's like, why are we fighting
0: this anymore? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you can. <laughs> yeah, he, like, downs half a bottle of champagne. Yeah. And then, like... <laughs> she, she's like,
0: what the fuck are you doing? He's like, it's no big deal. Me and Garrett drink this
1: shit all the time. Yeah, he was like, one time me and Garrett drank a whole bottle and he puked. He can't hold his booze like I can. <laughs> I got hair in my nuts too. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to remember what happens next. Um,
0: So, yeah, like the... They're trying to track down where these, these not can't even call them home invaders because nobody's actually, at least as far as I can tell, they can't tell anybody's actually invaded. But um, they're trying to just track down where they are and trying to find a way out of the house. They discover that the phone line doesn't work. The internet's dead. Like, I can't even get reception on their cell phone. At one, one point, Garrett says, it's like, I don't get it. My phone always works here. Yeah, so that kind of stuff's going on, right? And then her and
1: uh, well, well, I don't know. I'm out of sorts in my head here, <laughs> but <clears throat> uh, at one point, after he tries to put the moves on her, she goes off on him, mm-hmm. and so he uh, he knocks her unconscious, right? And then and I. I this is like the middle of the movie, so I hope this isn't giving away too much, but it, you find out that the home invaders are actually just Luke and... Uh, I already forgot his name, Garrett. Garrett, yeah. And the, the whole thing is just a ploy to try and get Ashley. Mm-hmm. Either to fall in love with him or just to bully her for not falling in love with him. I'm not fully sure. Yeah. That...
0: I feel like I need to watch this again because I watched it about a week ago. Um, I started watching it again this morning, but I ran out of time before I had to come here. Um, I don't know if that was just something I missed in the story or if it was a,
1: a pothole, but like what his end game was. I think initially he, he wanted to be the protector. Mm-hmm. He wanted to scare her and then be the protector, and then she would fall in love with him, and things just kind of went south. See,
0: I, I don't know how much of this we want to spoil. I mean,
1: not too much, obviously. Yeah, so much, that's that's the thing about this movie. So much of it is a spoiler. Like I said, this is like the, this big reveal comes in in the middle of the movie, and it's also something that I kind of saw coming based on just things I've read. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's that big of a spoiler. But Luke is basically just a complete sociopath. Yeah. He's, and that kind of unshells quickly.
0: Yeah, like you know, he he jumps, he goes from being like this love-struck kid who's just in love with his babysitter, who <clears> wasn't <throat> in love with one of their babysitters at one point or another.
1: Me, because most of my babysitters were my cousins. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Enumclaw, but <laughs> when I was a uh, like an infant,
0: I had, we had this neighbor girl that would watch watch me every once in a while. Um, and, uh, when her and her husband or her boyfriend would come over just to spend time with my parents, like I would latch onto her leg and just like
1: <laughs> caress her leg. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> I but I mean, actually he's only f- five years older than him. That's like hiring a horse to watch your dog. <laughs> um...
0: Yeah, I just, I'm not sure, but, so what I was saying is, like, Luke, he goes from, like, being this loves love-struck kid. little kid into being this guy who's trying to, like, really man up and be, you know, a protector into just a fucking nutcase, it like, just so quickly.
1: Yeah. It's like, whoa, where the hell did
0: that come from?
1: Like you said... I th- mean, the fact that he had this elaborate plan to try and make her fall in love with him, that that alone is a little psychotic. Yeah, and there's more Well, t- while it has good intentions, it's still psychotic. Sure. And the fact that...
0: So when he's kind of offloading this plan to set up this fake home invasion in order to kind of look like a hero to her you find out that you know even after he loses his shit he's got this entire plan laid out Mm -hmm. like he's not winging these things he's have these things laid out yeah so it's like that's that's where i start to lose track of what his plan was because like what was he going to
1: do yeah because he starts inviting all of her ex-boyfriends over Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know what exactly his plan was you know, one of them was uh, Dacre Montgomery. Yeah, from Billy from Stranger Things. Yeah,
0: and he also played Jason Power Rangers, the 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 movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, this was made. This movie was made before he got those roles, so he was kind of a, a no name at the time. And in the time it took for this movie to come out, he kind of got you know front and center as far as popularity goes. That's funny. Yeah. Um. His character was funny too. Yeah, he's he just was just a
1: total douchebag. Yeah, you know he's wearing like a was he wearing like a tracksuit or just baggy baggy clothes and and a backwards hat covered in dollar signs. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's <just> a total <laughs> asshole. Um.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much how much more to the story do you want to talk that, about? That, I think that's about it. Okay. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Good. St- I th- I liked it. Me too. <laughs> um, I was I was worried that I wasn't because I from the trailers it looked really good, and but then as I got closer and closer to watching it, I was like, "Am I really gonna like this movie?" Because like the more times I read the synopsis, the more concerned I am. Then I watched it, and then all the twists and turns. Like, I don't know if I just let myself go for the ride or if i just genuinely didn't see a lot of the twists coming but like I, I i really liked the the drastic change of pace
1: halfway through the movie yeah um you know i saw a lot of promotional stuff that like compared it to home alone So it was like a home alone of horror or whatever mm-hmm. and it's not, not not so much no i mean it's funny because there's like home alone References in the movie, like not just like homages, but like yeah. they talk about the movie Home Alone. <laughs> I
0: like that at the beginning, and like part of me thinks that maybe lost it lost its punch when like they're, they're talking at the beginning, Luke and Garrett, uh, and talking about the paint can thing. And it's like we've been over this a million times. An ER doctor said that if a paint can was swinging, or the paint can would have shattered the robber's house or the yeah the robber's face so it's like you immediately know they're talking about home home alone but they're not na- calling that, it by they name. never say home alone they do later in the movie though and i think that kind of t- yeah um i think he he says this is just like home alone or, i thought it was just alluded to but I, I felt like that took away from the earlier scene i wish they would have just kind of left it ambiguous but
1: you know almost like an inside joke for people that have seen Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. It was also funny because uh, at one point Ashley's asking him why they don't have a security system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was like, it's a safe neighborhood. Which was the original title. I was like, ah, he would have said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say better watch out at any point? I don't think so. Balls. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's, you know... A lot of times, it's it's hard to say that a horror movie is fun, mm-hmm. but some horror movies are. They're just fun. Yeah, and you know this one, it it did
0: something that I don't typically like is that they pull away from the gore, and you know this is a small movie, a small budget movie, um, and. You know, when you when you got to start incorporating a lot of gore into movies, that's when the costs start to go up. Sure. So if you can dance around that, but still keep the effectiveness, you know, that's the thing. Is the way they did it, I thought, was still very effective. Yeah, because you use your imagination, you fill in the blanks. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times that doesn't it doesn't work as well. And maybe it was just this movie getting lucky. I don't know, but something about that just it, it worked. Like the, those those blank spots were filled in and you didn't really need to see it on screen.
1: Yeah. It was it was like they gave you just enough. Mm-hmm. You know, cause sometimes they'll just pull away and you just like hear a scream or something and it's like, Oh, I didn't get anything out of that. Yeah, yeah. But I think this one gives you just enough that it kind of doesn't really paint the picture, but it gives you the canvas. hmm Yeah. But yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I'm uh I'm excited to talk to Chris next episode. Yeah. Um and I know uh Zach the writer also follows us on Twitter, so shout out to Zach. What up, Zach? Shout out like that. Yeah, that's that's how you do shout outs. Nobody can see you. What up <laughs> Stop <Not that. laughs> Hand gestures
0: to so do do West Side <laughs> This is the west side. What are you doing? I can't cross these fingers on this hand. You got arthritis? I just can't do it. You can do it with this one. Just <laughs> This is my gimp hand. <laughs> my little hand. <laughs> this is my strong hand.
1: Anyway, Yeah, this is uh, this is available on Shudder. Uh, I think as of right now, it's a Shudder exclusive. Yeah, it's going to have, uh, I think, a... S- Small theatrical
0: release and VOD soon, if, it, if it's not all, out already. I'm not sure. I mean, it's Christmas time. It's a Christmas movie. It would make sense I think you'd want it out right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we just didn't do our research, <laughs> as
1: we are wont to do. Jeez, Looks like this has same. a 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It's hard to, I mean, those assholes on Rotten Tomatoes are hard to impress. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's 87% favorable. What what does that mean? What is favorable? I don't know. I mean. Like, to me, if I give it a five, that's favorable. (laughs) Well, I think it's just
0: rather than being, I guess maybe like a 50% is like not favorable. I don't know.
1: I don't know. They're, that's what I'm saying. It's it's ambiguous. They could say anything. But I'm not giving it a five. I'm going to give it a seven. All right. Um, hmm. I don't know if this is one I would add to my, my regular Christmas rotation, but it's definitely something I would watch again. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it
0: one and a half times. Um. What do I want to give this? Yeah, I mean, seven seems good. I thought so. I hate just sometimes. I hate that we have the same mindset so much of the time. Yeah, I want there to be more variance in our in our ratings, but it's it's hard. It's like we both like the same stuff. So. Yeah uh anyway anyway that's gonna do it that that's the show (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's it guys um i hope you enjoyed the show um i hope you enjoyed us in 2017 because this is the last episode of the year guys um so this was a a good year for us i think um you know we've been doing this for four years yep um and uh We've had some ups and downs um, over time. and (laughs) Ups and downs and ups and downs. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think this year is really where we've kind of started to hit our stride as a show. Okay. You
1: don't think so? (laughs) He doesn't think so. The thing is, okay. (laughs) There we go. If we can get real for a second. I love doing the show. Uh I hate trying to do things. Because every time we try to do things, it doesn't go well. We try to give away free shit and nobody fucking wants it. We try to have screenings of movies and nobody comes. Yeah. That's
0: I don't think that has much to do with us. I think it has a lot to do with our area. Yeah. Because this Seattle area while there is a a strong horror presence and horror community. It's not as big as a lot of other areas and you know, regions. It's not as I mean, like you know, you think of areas that have like these big giant conventions: Chicago, uh, Austin. Um, uh, where else? New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey, um, and you know we're we're not. We have Crypticon, and Crypticon is great, but by comparison to those other conventions, it's it's pretty small. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I think I think the horror community here is growing, um, but by comparison, it's still really small, and it's just so hard to spread the word um, about things like you know, like screenings and. Um. And just you know where we stand as a show, it's like we're not like on the lips of everybody. You know, we're not like you know Seattle's hottest DJs. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 hard. And I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it's frustrating at times, but I I guess just I've always just I've kind of had the mentality you just gotta roll with the punches. Yeah, I mean, like
1: I said, I love doing the show, and if you know, if if nothing else, if all we end up doing is just just doing the show between me and you, I'm perfectly fine with that because mm-hmm. this is, you know, I get to hang out with my best friend and talk about movies twice a month. Yeah, can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, and
0: th- that's always been my frame of mind. Um, you know, every once in a while, we'll, either of us will get some hair brand, hairbrained idea, and whether or not that pans out, it's like whatever uh you know it's the the thought of it is still fun,
1: yeah I mean we did we didn't do this to get rich and famous, so
0: yeah <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna happen um I think the only people you don't who, know, I think the only people that get rich and famous from their podcasts are not well not the only ones, but more often than not, the people that get rich and famous off of their podcasts are the the people that were already famous, yeah um but I mean, you know then you got people like uh. Uh, Aaron Makey, who's making a living off of lore now. Mm -hmm. Um, He started from nothing. And Joseph Fink, who we talked about earlier. Right. Of course, both of them were writers. So they had a little something something. Yeah. Anyway, but no, I mean, I think we're gaining some popularity, you know, like, you know, like I said with Crypticon, I think people there are starting to know who we are. I think that's important. I mean, you look at our show downloads, and I, you, we're, we're getting some solid numbers for the first time in our show's existence, um, and uh, yeah, I just, I think it's been a, a slow incline, but an incline nonetheless, and I'm happy to be doing it. Um, but I'm looking forward to 2018, doing more good shit and hoping to maybe add some some more fun shit to the to the party yeah so um but thank you again to you guys out there listening to this right now um you (laughs) you're not the reason we do it i mean to be completely honest (laughs) we do it because like taylor said it's time for us to just hang out and be buds because life is busy but we appreciate greatly you guys being there and interacting with us um and it, it makes it a lot more fun. So, um, stick with us next year, guys. Um, you know, I hope that we can continue to make the show bigger and better. Don't know how yet, but we'll figure something out. Yeah, we always do. Um, yeah, and just hope to fully start out strong with episode one hundred.
1: Yeah, we uh, we don't know what the plan is yet for episode 100 but we know we want to do something special yeah um yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about that and we we do know we're supposed to talk to chris peckover the director of better watch out so that's gonna be cool and like i said we're, we're hoping to do something special so make sure you tune in to episode 100 in a couple weeks check out our website at graveplotpodcast.com we're on facebook and instagram GravePlot graveplotpodcast we are on twitter as grave underscore plot and of course, if you can support the show monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Yeah. And of course, we are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, everywhere else that podcasts are found except for Spotify because they won't answer my emails. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, there's another year done.
0: Good stuff. Good, good stuff. So... We will be back in a couple weeks with episode 100, guys. Please come back and join us. It's going to be a cool time. Um, till then, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. Um, and we love you guys a lot. So uh, catch up with us next time. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast where we're all a little dead inside.